Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 145 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking to pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and this week I have uncovered, thanks to the freedom of information and hard-hitting investigative journalism that is sure to at least get me nominated for a Walkley Award, can reveal exclusively to the Two Vets Talk Pets listeners about a letter sent from someone known to the show to a Mr. M. Zberg pleading for his Facebook profile to remain up to up, um, up due to his high-ranking trust in the community and also from the history of the shared signed copy of a book that had been sent Mr. Zberg a few years ago. The sender will only be known as Dr. L. Kirkham as of last check while the Royal Children's Hospital, St. Vincent's Hospital, AFL Women's website and Harvey Norman Facebook sites were all down. Dr. L. Kirkham site and not Manu's Facebook site are still active. For an exclusive take on this and more topics, I give you Dr. Lewis Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Oh, Robbie, mate, I love it. That's a great interview. Uh, some some great relevant reference to the uh, the takedown of um of uh, of the news sites off Facebook, certainly in Australia. Big oh news. yes, big news. Is it? Does it speak to any of the reputability of of our podcast that our podcast site's still up and active? I think there's two things that you can read from that, Lewis, and it depends on which side of the fence you're on. One, one take is that, you know, we are, we're just right. And so that's fine. And, and why, why take down stuff that's right? Um, and the other is the fact that we're just irrelevant. And so therefore it doesn't matter. Um, that's, a, that's a bit more of a hot take on it. I'm not necessarily sure if that's true or not. Um, that, that wasn't part of my investigative journalism. So we'll just have to go with the former and hope for the best. Yeah. When I did see the, uh, the article come out, I thought, Oh, oh we better check the uh, two vets talk pets podcast. Facebook page is still active Woo! and pretty sure it's uh, it's the latter, mate. We are irrelevant. <laughs> when it comes to the, you know, when, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we are correct. I think we are correct with, I assume when you say right, I mean, correct, not right wing. Oh, 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 absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. No, 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 we're not. No, um, no, 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 we're, no. We're, we are this, correct. This is a non, non-political podcast. You oh, know, yeah. we, 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 we believe in our own ineptitude as well as everyone else's. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was a big, certainly was a big thing. And it has affected one of the stories I've got today. Uh, one of, one of the news articles I've got today that we'll get onto a bit, a little bit later. Oh, really? You couldn't, yeah. you couldn't find it when you went back looking for it. You're spot on, mate. I couldn't find the comments that were the interesting part that went with oh, the article. Oh, no, really? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get onto that a bit later. Yeah. As, How's your week been? What's been happening? Yeah, it's been um a, a, an interesting this week. This week because one of uh, one of the little chillins in this house has started to uh, is doing a, her first grade four project, and Ooh. so they're saying, "Right, you need to do a a passion project." And so her passion project. This is Camille. Her passion project is on um feline emotions. So how to tell what your cat is thinking. So wow. so she's done herself a nice little PowerPoint presentation of uh, with some cute little graphics of cats in 
various poses and reposes of uh, of happiness and non-happiness. So she's going to you know lay the lay the learning down on some grade fours at Parkdale about when to uh, when to pat your cat and when to leave them alone. Fantastic, mate! I love it. I love it. Where did where the idea for this come from? I mean, I I won't I won't take all the credit, being the the behaviour guy, and she's obviously a big listener of the show, and yes. you know I can't take the, all the credit. Was there some sort of other inspiration that brought this about? It was. I think it was looking at Melvin. Melvin on the end of her bed, yep. and she thought, "I wonder what you're thinking." Um, <laughs> oh yes. Well, but, well, don't we all say that when we look at cats sometimes? So absolutely. great, great to hear what the outcome will be. Yes. So the um, the, but I did, I did give her the offer though of wanting to. Uh, uh, would you like to to interview one of the members of the show who has a particular interest in animal behaviour, and so might give you some insights, and then you could you know just name drop in your grade four talk as well, you know, and also. Uh, interviewed a, 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 a podcaster that was uh, in the top 100 of, a, of Australia podcast in 2018 and published author, Dr. Lewis Kirkham. But um, like a lot of the other interviews have been trying to line up, uh, declined um, that, that particular uh, request. So. Yes. So she declined because I didn't get the request. So I would no, have no, accepted. It, it, it didn't make it past her people to try and get put to your people. So, so yes. it's like, sorry, mate, but you've been, you've been left out in the cold on that. But she's happy to come on our podcast. But I won't go on their podcast. That, that's, that's sort of what you're inferring, mate. Yeah, we've got that, a bit of that, that going on. That, that, that's where it's going at the moment. Yeah, yeah. We're um the just to let the listeners know and the, the what's happening in the production land. There's a bit of a a tete a tete of us trying to work out um with a, a couple of other podcasts of you know do, do they want us <laughs> or do we want them? And so yeah, we're just trying to just trying to sort out sort sort out some some. Yeah, you know, just trying to make sure we're putting out good product for you listeners. Well, when when a pod, when a podcast approaches us with a marketing department. Not the actual podcast hosts approaches us to go on, on, you know, to come on our podcast. You've got to sort of think the budget's a little bit different than perhaps us just sitting on, you know, in the front of our webcams going, hey, mate, how you going? Sort yeah, of yeah. yeah can, can, can you turn your little O-light on that you got from Aldi because your green grass is too bright in the background because yes. you keep choosing to podcast during the middle of the day with a huge southerly window that's just, yes. you know, washing out your otherwise pallid olive face. Yeah, and don't, don't take the plastic sleeve off the said <laughs> circular uh, illumination light because you want to preserve that $10 piece of equipment just in case you want to resell it in, you know, 10 years time. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd hate to get dust in the, uh, in, in the, in the twistable arm there, Lewis, because what if then it gets stuck in one repose and then I can never move it again. Oh, That'd be it would, a tragedy. Wouldn't be good. You tragedy. wouldn't be, you just wouldn't be able to get another one, would you? No, no. Way. no. no. And has, has your week been anything other than tragedy this week or has <sighs> it been, has been triumph? It's been great triumph, mate. I, um, yeah. I, uh, had a great day yesterday. Well, yeah, I had a couple of great moments yesterday where, you know, when you're, um, I just had a day where I was just hitting uh, veins and nice. bladders, yep. just just willy nilly, and it wasn't you know it wasn't more myself in the surgery. You know, you got a surgery day, you're putting in catheters, you're putting in veins all the time, that sort of thing. But it was one of those special sort of days where I had a dog coming in that had been uh, long story, been to a specialist and was coming into us for a repeat culture on its urine mm. so it had a um i think it had a urinary uh, a kidney infection um and had been on some antibiotics stopped the antibiotics and we were just going to we need to get a urine sample at the clinic um and one of the other vets sort of uh got there in the morning one of the other said oh this dog's come in it's a pugali mm. you know we'd never really seen it before i don't think for a long time and she's like oh, i think it's going to be one of those overweight fat sort of dogs that makes it difficult because to get a urine sample from a dog we like to put a needle directly into the bladder well it sounds invasive and to the listeners out there it's they actually 
animals cope with it really quite well. And it's a great way that we can get a sterile sample without the contaminants that will come if we just catch it from dropping out of the, out where of the girly bits or the boy bits. Urine normally comes out of. So, yep. so that, that's what we'll do. And, um, and at our clinic, we don't have access to an ultrasound. Mm. So we are, you know, either we go to feel the bladder or you're sort of going in um, where you know the bladder will be and trying to take a sample. So, so the other, the other vet was a little bit sort of worried, you know, it's going to be a fat dog. How am I going to do it? You know, she's talking to me about it. And I said, oh, you know, this and that and sort of, yeah, well, we can Laying just try wisdom down on yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and uh, it came in and it was in for a consult and I was doing a few other consults and I could see it was waiting there. I thought, well, and I was kind of knew that the other vet was just stalling just a little bit, you know, thinking, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe if I wait long enough, you know, sort of, I was walking around doing things, you know, rushing around. And I thought, yeah, I can tell there's, you know, just a bit of reluctance and that's fine. I don't mind. I'm happy. There are things I'm reluctant to do as well. Yep. So you bang rushing around. I thought, all right, I'll get in. And I got in and saw the, 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 the dog and I'm talking to the owner and I had a chat and I said, yeah, well, we don't have an ultrasound here. You know, how have we had our legs crossed? Yes, we have, you know, Oh, that's great. I haven't done the way since this morning. Perfect. Got the dog in out the back straight nurse holding straight bang got the got that sample first go hit and the I was target just, nice. yeah i was like oh that just makes me feel good and i was uh you know got the dog back to you and i said oh i'm listening you know sorry the other vet said <laughs> i'll put her in there but i'm sure she's okay with that um she said oh how'd you go i said oh look actually i was really lucky i think it was a big bladder we got we got it straight away so i felt really Excellent. good about that helping out you know a bit of a team effort and then second one was the same day you know carl was having trouble getting catherine on a on a dachshund yes so tough, to the tough hit Listeners out there, you know, if you've seen a dachshund in the world, they, their legs aren't long. No. The veins are nice and twisted and very difficult to get on the legs to put a catheter in. And and Carl was having a, a couple of goes. And, uh, and, and as I, much as anything as well with their little legs, like you've got the nurse holding the leg and also holding the vein up with their thumb, you know, or even then if you put a tourniquet on, that's still taking up 50% of the real estate yes. on that on that little dog's leg. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's very hard to do. It's, it's, a, it's a real... Yeah, you know, one of the harder, harder veins to get. And so Carl was having a few goes. He was getting a bit frustrated. And I'd come out the back to get a nurse to help me and sort of like, there's nothing worse than another vet watching you not, oh, not yeah. getting a vein. So I've sort of walked around the corner and uh, and just, just sort of stand there waiting, you know, for the just nurse. Just held so, a book up and just sort of just peered <laughs> the book. Little, yeah. You know, yeah. You got to yeah. talk into the mic though. Yeah. But oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was, I think I was pretending I was doing, but like, out of the way, like he didn't know I was there. And then, you know, sort of, he thought I'd gone back in the concert room. Next thing I hear him yell, listen, because she, you know, like he wanted some help to, to have a vein. Mm. I've just popped around the corner going, can I be of assistance? And I like, was like, all right. Yeah. Do you want to have a go Lewis? So yeah, I had to go and uh, you know, fresh leg. I mean, fresh eyes, you know, it's always the yep. case and bang, got it, got it second go. Got it, yep. got it, Catherine. And I just was like, you know, just that moment where you feel like, I'm useful. Yes. I'm helping out a fellow colleague. I've done, I've got these skills. I can impart my skills and do it. I mean, I'm sure Lisanne could have done it or Carl could have done it, but it was just nice to go. Yeah, I think I'm doing all right today. Having a good day. Having yeah, a good day. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of those you know, in, in sporting parlance of when, you know, the, the ball looks like it's the size of a watermelon, you know, like you just yes. you can't can't help but get it off the middle of the bat or the middle of the racket. Yeah, everything's just the, singing, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. just all in line. Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. So, but then, I mean, similar sort of thing. I had a, had a client, um, you know, it just brought it back to me a little bit, I suppose, uh, in, in – uh, in many ways, just the lengths that some owners go to, to look after their pets as well. Like that dog that we taken the, the, uh, uh, took the urine sample from, it was a lengthy sort of thing that the owners had been to was on chemotherapy. It was a lot of things sort of going on with that dog. And, and then I had another client come in who actually we'd, 
we hadn't seen for a good five years or so. And, um, and it really brought home to me just how the length some owners will go to for their pets, mm. um, which we sort of take for granted a little bit in, in some respects. So this owner, the dog had had a lump on his neck and they'd been seeing a vet who was a friend of theirs, you know, out of the area that they live in Port Melbourne. So that's fine. They want to do that. That's all good. The vet initially had sort of taken a lump off the dog's neck and it had come back as a, a nasty Marcel tumor with you know, sort of incomplete margins. So they hadn't got the whole of the lump. Um, and it was a quite a nasty Marcel tumor. And so from there, they'd, they'd gone from that vet to a specialist surgeon in Melbourne and had the whole you know, big margins done. Huge on, neckectomy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, potentially there was still some dirty margins there as well. Oh. So they actually during COVID managed to fly up to Sydney, oh. take the dog up Sydney, live up in Sydney for uh, must've been seven or eight weeks to get some radiotherapy yeah, on right. the lump, which is only available through, I think it's SASH in Sydney. Yeah. So, um, so, and they'd been up there for, you know, they had a CT scan to check there was no spreading of the, of the, you know, the, the, the mast cell tumor elsewhere, all this stuff with COVID restrictions. They'd managed to get the dog up there themselves up there, staying up there, Avalon lockdown, Northern beaches lockdown, sort of all through all that sort of stuff, you know, had booked in for 18 radiotherapy sessions, only got to 15, the dog started having some kidney issues. So managed to thought, oh, all right, bloods, or right, we'll come back down to Melbourne now to, to continue some chemotherapy treatment. So another specialist, and then come back to me to take some bloods for the continued chemotherapy, sort of like Rosie's happening. And it was just like, and did you and sit there and say, all this stuff they're doing is rubbish. Let me sort you out. <laughs> yes, that's right. Lucky you've come to me because I'm, oh yeah, I've got this podcast and I know what I'm on about. And, <laughs> and so it was just, it was a lengthy history and I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really go through the full thing, but to hear the owner sort of talk about all the issues that they'd gone through to get this dog, the treatment that they needed. I was just like, you know, sometimes we just take it for granted how, much people love their pets. Yeah, yeah. What they'll do for them, and so it was just a lovely little like, wow, you know, that that's above and beyond that that I would perhaps expect the average owner to do. But oh, but definitely, you yeah. Those, you have those owners that will go well and mum beyond and travel around the countryside to, to go specialist to specialist. So yeah, yeah. that's nuts. Mm. Um, so and then there's some. Well, not not nuts. I don't think. Oh, oh, but, oh sorry, sorry. Not but, by, by by nuts, as in um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the wrong thing to say. It's mm. um, it's it's amazing um, that level of commitment and and it's yeah nuts is absolutely the wrong the wrong word to say. It's just that thing of wow, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah wow rather than yeah, yeah. No, it's not not about being no, it's not about being crazy. I think it's just about that uh, more more the 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 links they've gone to is is amazing, just fantastic, yes. you know, just uh, the the links that people go because they love their pets. For sure, and I saw um uh, some one owner uh, uh, go for a jog past um uh, me outside of my clinic the other day. Thirty two degrees outside, so I was oh. seeing a German Shepherd outside that doesn't like coming into the clinic. Um and um uh, this young young fellow with some um you know um, some arm art and some leg art um all over him. You know, tall tall fellow, about six six eight, something like that. Mm. Probably in his in his early to mid twenties by the by the look of his cutness, Lewis. You're painting a, a, quite a picture. There mate yeah, yeah uh, going yep. for a nice nice jog past with his french bulldog oh, no on no. a 32 degree day and uh. and and i just i i just shook shook my head and lynn came out and said did you just see that i said yes yes i did just see that that is um very frustrating was very lynn frustrating. was lynn more saying did you see that because it was a 
a man, a young twenty-year-old oh, man. Look at that. The, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't because that was because it wasn't because of that. No, yeah, no, no of and, course. And and it was again one of those times where I should have had a, a business card in my pocket. So it was a look when he passes out, <laughs> right, and he gets heat stroke. Give oh, me a call. So funny. Yeah, you know, come in and see oh. me. Um, but gee whiz, you know, just that the educate. You, you think you educate people, and and you're fairly common sense enough of saying, don't run your no nose dogs when it's too hot. Yeah, you know? and. You just go, oh no, he just loves going for a run. He loved it. Oh, the dog mm. was having a ball, his tongue oh. was sticking out, and he was, you know, you could hear him coming from around the corner. He was loving it. Absolutely well, it's, loving it's, it. It's funny, I think, the lack of education of that because I, yeah, similar had a consult with a, a French bulldog or a pug, young, young dog, and it was having some breathing issues. Um, he sort of in the consult, it was it was a hot day, I was a bit distressed being in the clinic, and uh, and I sort of mentioned the only look, he should really be walking this dog. And they said, oh, you know, on, on a hot day, anything over about 25 degrees, you know, walk them really early when it's cool or late at night. And the owner said, oh, no, he, he loves going for a walk. He just went for a walk today. You know, it's 35 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Went for a walk today. But after a while, he sort of stopped. He didn't want to go any further. I said, well, that would be logical to say, you know, she, she, she's going, he's really excited to go out for the walk. I was like, well, yeah, they are excited to go for a walk. But you need a little bit of common sense that actually it is too hot to take your pug. Even though they're excited to go, you know, it, they can't appreciate that it's going to be too hot for them. They're just thinking about the walk. So you need to put your little hat on, brain hat, and think for the dog. Yeah, you you need to be the responsible owner. Yes, you're, you're, the, yes. You're, you're the one that has you know the 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 sense, the common sense. Otherwise, the dog would be eating all the time and sitting on the couch watching Netflix all day. You know, <laughs> yes. but there's work that needs to be done. Exactly. Um, uh, one of our friends um just they went and picked up a um a puppy. Have you heard of the the Cobber dogs? No, right. Tell me so, more. So, so a copper dog is is um a labradoodle. Um, yeah. You know, right. So, so, but they've uh, rather than calling them labradoodles, they're now being called a purebred copper dog, oh. because because uh, you know copper's a the Australian colloquial oh. term of mate. You know, and so these are great dogs for mates and companionship and things. So, wow. Um, so, so, so little copper dog puppy, very cute. Um, and um, uh, was. So they've picked it up. It's ten weeks old. Um, it's already been desexed. So they've done the the juvenile desexing. Well, we don't which, want to spread those those purebred genes around, do we? Correct, yes, correct. We've got, yes. got to maintain the the, the gene the, the purity. Line. Yeah, <laughs> the purity of the gene line of the copper. Um, yep. Yep. Um, and so uh, they they just sent through Christina the the vaccination and, and vet check certificate. Um, so female dog already desexed. Um, clicked through. Um, uh, they've got all these little boxes: eyes, tick, ears, tick, joints, tick. Get down the bottom. Test. Testicles, normal, tick. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. So Christine is saying, oh, do you think I should write back and say, I'm glad her <laughs> testicles are normal given that she's been desexed. Oh, dear. I said, I don't know about that, but I'm talking about it on the podcast. Oh, dear. You didn't scan the microchip and go, oh, I think you've got the wrong dog. <laughs> <laughs> didn't match the paperwork. Wow. Not, not just yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, well, interesting. The copper dog. I uh, oh, I heard of a new breed in myself, purebred uh, frog. A frog? A frog. Have you heard a of a frog? frog? Is that a French bulldog cross pug? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Could you do anything more to push the noses in and in any give further. them worth, worth, worth skin and breathing issues? I mean, love the dogs, but really, uh, they, can they, we they, give they, them longer snouts? Yeah, just let, let, let them make really, really good special friends with a whippet. Yes, you know, that's or, right. Or, or something, something with a long snout. Yeah. Something with a long nose, mm. you know, maybe, maybe a copper dog. Exactly. Copper dog and a frog. A, a, well. a, a, a copper uggle. <laughs> a kabubble. Kabubble. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. oh, very good. All righty. Big thank you to our sponsors. 
uh, why Zil- not? Zilkeen, the uh, mild anxiety lowering medication, uh, comes uh, comes from a milk milk, so it's milk to derivative or called a nutraceutical. Yes, one of the new fancy terms that we use nowadays. Um, great, great if your your dog or your cat's got some some mild anxiety issues, uh, maybe doesn't like going to the vet or mm. uh, maybe doesn't like traveling. Um, really good medication. You can open the capsule, sprinkle it on the food. Very very palatable. So thank you guys for your support. I've um, uh, had a, a family of, uh, of cats recently that have all been um, – so they've got uh, two, two cats, new cat coming in, trying to work out oh, what are we going to do to try and help to ease things. So we've spoken about pheromones and that sort of stuff. But I, you know what else you need? You need some Zilkeen. And said, but what we might do is instead of using the cat flavored one, we might get the border collie flavored one. And how good are you at splitting it into thirds? Yeah. I said, just be careful. Yeah, if you're going to do it on a mirror with a credit card and stuff, just make sure you draw the blinds. You don't want the neighbors thinking that you're doing anything weird, especially when they see you giving it to the cats. Well, that's right. It's one of the four, the five P's, isn't it? Just the five careful. P's, yes. yes. As, yeah. Especially when you've got powder and pets. Yes, and puppies. No, Powder puppies and pips. Pets. Pets. Yeah. pets. That's the one. Pets. Very good. That's a that's a shout out to Alistair Clarkson and his four P's this week for those footy <laughs> aficionados out there, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and 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 uh, trying to think of other th- other things that start with P that might lead <laughs> lead young professional sports men and women astray. Exactly. Um, and 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 just in case those young men and sports women's animals guts are being led astray, or say they've got obesity issues, or maybe some dental issues, boy, do they have, do we have the diet for them, Alistair? Maybe you could tell them about delicate care. It comes from another place that starts with P, Perth. <laughs> Made in Perth. Yes. Very good. Fantastic. Fantastic food. Very good for like mobility issues, maybe, or, uh, or skin, skin, if you've got skin and stomach issues uh, with your, with your dog or, or you need some dental food. They've got some great dental diets as well. So it's one of those Australian owned, Australian made foods, really good to support local. We're, we're big on supporting local these days. So, so go um, get down, uh, well, to your local vet vet or your pet store and uh, and grab some delicate care for your pet delicate care yeah yeah oh no that's taken mate is it yeah have they still got it yeah oh. advanced hair they've yeah. still got it yeah oh, you can't oh, it's patent, hair, patent, patent pending oh. patent yeah. pending for that yeah. one yeah. Oh. yes yeah Did they, no, get all, no. they got all the good stuff <laughs> we could get a sponsorship with yeah yeah though i think i think well i don't want to throw you under mate but oh no myself no no I no i was some, yeah, yeah. I, I had some. Uh, we've got it on the computer when it goes on to um, on to hold, and the and the old pictures come up. Um, saw some pictures of uh, of me with Camille when she was young, and we're at the Dandy Market. She was having her first hot jam donut, and I looked and I thought, "Gee whiz, I had more hair then." <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah. "Was is it the kids or is it COVID that's making it fall out?" It's hard it, to say. I, I think it's probably the ring light, mate. That that probably the just, ring light. It's yeah, burning the ring light. Yeah, it's a, just searing it. Too close. See, look at that. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's a, there's a we can't see there. that. No one can no, see that. No, I, I, I just want you to describe everyone to it. Just the shine yeah. off there. And um, thank you to our Patreon supporters as well. We we do appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. You um, you are our supporters that are really, really the ones that are, that uh, that keep us going and keep us keep us a little bit motivated to do it as well. I think absolutely. Maybe. You're part of the family. You're part of the show. We thank you very very much, and we hope you appreciate the. Uh, the work that we do. Um, the, and then I realized after last week's episode, while I was, when I said I was going to put the video on Patreon of the, uh, the, uh, or you changing all your, um, uh, all your filters, 
I realize I'm videoing it, saying, oh, you yeah, know, this is going to be great because I can hear the audio and everything. I'm trying to play it back. And I'm, why can't I hear anything? I remember, oh, yeah, that's right, because I had my headphones yeah. in. That, uh, well, I managed to upload it, mate. I did get it up. So oh, did I, you? Yeah, oh. yeah, I had a copy of it. Came through oh, Zoom. Mate. So obviously you're on top of the Patreon there, mate. That's good. Logging in I, every day, chatting I, I away. Get, it's good yeah. stuff. Excellent. Well, I hope. Well, there you go. If anybody wants to jump on and see, yes. it was absolutely driving me insane last week while I'm trying to maintain yes. a certain degree of podcasting professionality. Uh, you know, with while he's looking like a bloody banana. Well, and, Rebecca, Rebecca, yeah. Duff, Rebecca Duffy saw it and loved it. So, oh, there you go. There you go. We've got one viewer. That's fantastic. And then if, if you have a look at two, that's two. So perfect, mate. Excellent. We'll double our numbers overnight. Very good. So you go to Patreon. We do actually they have that video. It's a little, a little bit of humor there with us uh, playing around with some filters last week. Um, so go, go and check that out. All right, mate, what's, uh, what do you got in the news for us this week? So this week I wanted to uh, recover over on a topic that's um that's becoming a bit topical again. Um, ehrlichiosis, the um the blood or tick tick borne blood infection in dogs that previously had always been thought to be a uh as Oh, what's a, um, uh, an exotic disease exotic disease from overseas yes exotic to australia so it was always believed to have not been in australia um and the, and what got us talking about it the um sort of 12 months or so ago or 18 months ago with it was i actually saw a dog that tested positive for it here in um here in australia um or in melbourne and um and we thought oh geez isn't isn't that weird and then all of a sudden you start getting all these but that was a dog that had come over from overseas yes. and it supposedly had gone through all the tests and had tested negative but then it ended up testing positive um now there seems like there's an awful lot more cases that are coming up uh in northern territory and western australia and there's thoughts now that it's probably been endemic in there for quite some time and it's just that now they're testing for it and finding it so there's and there's thoughts about whether or not it might actually start to get into more um uh, more popular centres because I think there's been a, a couple of cases of it in Sydney in uh, in dogs that have been brought in from uh, from the Northern Territory. Yeah, yeah certainly. So uh, just to backtrack a bit for the, the listeners out there, alichiosis, it's, it's caused by a tiny little parasite that's spread by ticks and it's a particular type of tick. So mm. probably the ticks that most people know or hear about is the paralysis tick that, that uh, we see up in Sydney, Queensland, some parts of Gippsland as well. Um, the pets, uh, they get it and they get quite sick. Well, this is separate to the paralysis tick. There's another type of tick called the brown dog tick mm. um, that carries this, this little parasite. So when the, the tick goes on the dog, um, it, it bites the dog and injects this parasite into into the bloodstream and causes what sort of what sort of signs you normally see when they get it, mate? Yeah, so it can be pretty um, pretty vague clinical signs. Um, you know, so lethargy. You can get enlarged lymph nodes because you can get. Um, like it, it can get in and damage, um, you get effects to the blood cells. So you can have what's called a pancytopenia. So you've got no red cells, no white cells, no platelets. Right. So sometimes these dogs can bleed. Um, you know, I think they can get swellings and things like that too. So yeah, fever, fever is a common one as well. I think fever. But yeah, weight loss off food, that sort of thing. So often pretty, you know, sometimes I think maybe a lameness, I'm not sure about that one, but it's a pretty sort of vague kind of symptoms, I think, but certainly the, the vets that work up in the territory and up in central WA, they know the symptoms, I think, and they've been treating it, um, which is, is treatable with an antibiotic fairly 
fairly easily and they've been fairly treating well. yeah, yeah they've been treating it for a long time just on on the the signs and the symptoms i think once you've seen a few of them you kind of know yeah that's that's what it is so i think you can have sort of a chronic infection you know as well that can go on for a while too that's when the the blood issues come the, the white cells and the red cells lowering too so sort of, yeah just sort of linger around like mm. if it's not if you don't sort of find it and treat it you know i think there's yeah acute phases and chronic phases so yeah um, so and I think the thing where there's sort of relevance with that is that uh, for our sort of general pet owners, particularly if it does start to become more endemic in um, in more urban environments, you know, we've got more people with pets. So, so when you mean endemic, mate, what are you saying there? So endemic is when the when the infection is there and it's just then there all the time. Everywhere, you know, it's no, yep, yep. It's no, it's no longer exotic. It's no longer um, abnormal to see that infection in an area. Or it's it's there and it's 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 going to be there forever. And so, at what, what point is it going to turn into a pandemic then, mate? Oh, pa- <laughs> pandemic! A pandemic is when you put the epidemic or the endemic into a frying pan. And you had a little bit a little bit of butter and you a little bit of COVID in there and a little bit of COVID boom. in there. Yes, yeah, a little, little bit of Wuhan bat in there, and away oh, you go. Very nice, very nice. Oh wow, that's such. I think the, the times I've come a lot across um, Alikir is uh, there are some blood tests sometimes for exporting animals where we have to do Alikir. I'm not sure what countries it's it's to send to, but occasionally to go overseas. Oh, I'm I'm just sort of scratching. Around. I'm not sure which countries. I think Europe um, and Amer- Europe and America. Are, I think it's still yeah, you know, like there's not as much. Uh, of it, I think in the article. Yeah, I was but, reading. but yeah. sending, but going overseas, you some countries require blood tests, and it's not not America, oh, okay, not, yeah, not gotcha. Europe. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe New Zealand. Uh, that's Babesia. No, anyway, so, I don't know. There are some countries, and sometimes actually, it might be coming to Australia. Sorry, it's right. uh, it's animals coming. That's why I don't know a lot about it because I normally export animals. I don't bring the animals in, but bring yeah. animals in. People often have a blood test for Alikia to be allowed to come to Australia. Yeah, and if they're positive to Alikia. They can go on antibiotics, but they actually never lose the positivity on the serology on the blood test. So oh. it does mean that sometimes if you're positive, you can actually never come into Australia because you never, ever get a negative result. So it's, you never it's, pass the test. No, it's sometimes a different thing. But interesting if that'll change, I guess, if it's now spreading through Australia or around Australia as we know it. Yeah. Wow. Interesting so news, so mate. So I think what um, what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to do a little bit of uh, searchy, searchy and try and find out some stuff because I've, I've sort of in, in researching this one, found a little bit of stuff about how, what the time is that it takes for the tick to attach onto the dog to actually spread the, uh, to, to spread the infection in, to spread that Ehrlichia um, parasite into the bloodstream. Because while we've got an abundance now of some really, really good tick medication, if that tick medication, like a lot of that tick medication is more aimed at the paralysis tick and trying to stop um, the paralysis tick from feeding for so long that it starts to put the paralysis toxin into the animal, but whether or not it does actually give protection against the brown dog tick sticking the Ehrlichia into your dog. Yeah. Yeah. So I think theory is the brown dog tick. Yeah. Once it jumps on it straight away injects it and then, and, and uh, to with the, the oral, anti-tick treatments that we've had they obviously the tick needs to actually draw back some blood to get that oral stuff in and and by that time it's already injected the elikia so yeah it'd be interesting maybe we can get someone on to have a chat about um yeah maybe we can get some i'll leave you i'll leave it with you mate even you yeah yeah see if we can find a little lunch and learn today yourself you can learn a bit more about it and let us know and see, see if we can find a parasitologist that wants to come on and talk to us about it 
Yeah. That yeah. could be pretty cool. Yeah, wow. very nice. Oh, yeah, well, well, my... my Guess uh, what I need? My late father-in-law was a, a parasitologist. Very, oh, was That would have been awesome, but unfortunately, obviously we can't get him on. But he, yeah. he would have been perfect. We would have loved to come on and tell us about it. That would be yeah, really good. Right. But anyway. All righty. So this, uh, I'm going to move on to... Um, this was this was the article I saw on Facebook that is no longer there because of right, the yep. restrictions. It's from ABC News. Um, handheld breath test device for pregnant cattle to move to industry trials. Wow. A device that could change the way farmers preg test cattle is a step closer to commercialization. The federal government has offered $600,000 to help a company adapt advances in medicine for use in the grazing industry. That's quite a big grant there. Certainly, uh, they're not offering that to podcasters, are they? No, no. No, but we're also not not trying to work out new ways of telling if cows are pregnant too. No, no, you're right. The prototype works by simply putting a device over the cow's nose while it's in the crush and testing its breath. Bronwyn Darlington, a farmer at Carawoola in southern New South Wales and the founder and CEO of Accent, said the device worked by... I apply- see what she did there. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Accent worked by applying nanotechnologies to what was called breathomics. Wow. All right. That's that. That's starting to sound a little techno babbly now, isn't it? Yeah. Starting, to, starting to draw that long bow. Yeah. The device collects the cow's breath and an- analyzes it using nano sensors to pick up the differences between pregnant and non-pregnant animals, Ms. Darlington said. It has taken three years of trials to refine the methods for collecting the cow's breath. Right. They will huff and puff and sometimes hold their breath. So it's taken years to refine the method, and it's quite straightforward now, she they said. They held their breath for years? Yeah, I know. A lot of dead cows in that she study. She is. <laughs> it's like, that right, sounds no. incredibly unethical. Uh, Bronwyn, I think this one's uh, passed out as well. Again, another one gone down. But is she pregnant? <laughs> Yes. Bronwyn, we're missing the point. <laughs> Another challenge is adapting analytical technology to used in the lab so that it can work on the farm. The grant from the federal government's entrepreneurs program will help the startup combine the now separate processes into a handheld unit. This, this money will really help us more rapidly put that all together in a handheld device for the market to be able to use, Ms. Darlington said. I wonder if they're going to roll them out into um into a, like a pub sort of setting or something like that where you can where you can have a, a breath test in in the pub or you know it's similar to what they have on the wall and you get a straw and 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 you maybe you know you just check check you're okay to drive home can you can you they they get a little bit rolled out in that sort of sense see so, yeah am, am I pregnant maybe maybe there could be some other um conditions they could do it for too do I have COVID yeah you know, sit there and blow into the straw yes you know, beep beep you have COVID okay right well, I better not go into the pub yeah I better not have another drink I better head home and isolate for fourteen days head home isolate for fourteen days and just uh just order some Uber Eats yeah. Fantastic. That'd be Very, all right. Yeah. Listen, that's where the grant should be going. Yeah, exactly. Yes. A this breath mo- test for COVID. This money will really help us more rapidly put that all together in a handheld device. I said that, I think. The company estimated the test will cost between $2.50 or $4.50 each, depending on the size of the herd. That's in Australian dollars. In uh, in uh, Zimbabwe, in, uh, what, what currency was uh we were we were converting to. We had some listeners overseas. Was it Mo- Mozambique? Was it no? It wasn't Mozambique? Was it? It was um, Mozambique. Madagascar. 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 Ray. Madagascar. I think that's about a hundred Madagascar. Ray for our one Madagascar, Madagascar subscriber. Just Large, so that you can put that into context. Yeah, exactly. For the cows over in Madagascar, large scale industry trials we cried ahead of the planned release onto the Australian market in early 2022. 
it's going to go worldwide. It's not, it's just Australia. The current yeah. process for pregnancy testing cattle involves the veterinarian or handler inserting their hand into the animal and feeling for a fetus. They haven't said where the hand's going in there. They should be saying inserting into the anus. The anus. There's a, yes. I've done thousands, mate. How Punching the sphincter. Yeah, um, I, I, I would have done... Probably not as many as you, but I've done, I did my fair share of, of butt punching and, yeah. um, okay. my goodness, not fun. Yeah. Well, no, I, oh, well, I, well, when I say not fun, after you've done 400 of them, you know, in the morning, well, your arm yeah. swells a bit and you start to struggle to actually push the arm in anymore. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I can remember we did, we do 700 in the morning, up early in the morning, cows yeah. are milking, bring them into the, the dairy. It's doing 700 head of cattle, just yeah. two vets. So you're obviously doing 350 each of them. Um, yep. You end up getting a, actually a little callus on your forearm from all the all the rubbing and the the, the pressure to get. There. Anyway, 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 listeners, there's a little insight um, into uh, into what, what happens on a dairy farm. And and what I'm wondering, just this is just you know this is going to be really great for the listeners. This is more for you, me, and any of the other um, vets that would have. Um, yeah, no, um, you would have preg tested with the with the the great Jacob Melmo, oh, and you would yes. have heard his pregnant. Not pregnant. Yes, Is there yes. any way that the little device that we could actually, you know, sort of have a go pregnant, not pregnant. That no. is perfect. The little, yeah, like the, like the, the, uh, at the tennis, the linesman. Yes. Out. Instead of out, you know, you have pregnant, not, not pregnant. pregnant. There's wow. A, I like that. Have Jacob 30, Malmo. Yeah. 30 years worth of veterinary students will have heard that particular dulcet yes. tone of that. That would be a wonderful homage oh, to, um, to, not to 30 Jacob. years. I think we're talking close to 60 years, I reckon, mate. Now. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. 30 years when I'd seen him and that's been 20 years since. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. No, he's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, do the maths. Yeah. The new device could provide early and more accurate pregnancy tests for graziers to use on cows. That would help decision making about Telling cows that are not pregnant and planning nutrition requirements for cows that are in calf. While there's a lot of hype around ag tech, its adoption has been, been uneven across different agricultural industries. Broad acre farmers have been quite have been quick to adopt breakthroughs in robotic technology and genetic modification, but technology that can drive productivity in a grazing enterprise has been harder to come by. Bronwyn said it hinged on whether the technology was solving a real world problem, but in my experience, it makes a difference to them. They will, if it makes a difference to them, they will adopt it. We're a regional business. And to be honest, it's a team of girls on the farm coming together with some fabulous scientists to solve a problem. I love that. Best line of out of that whole thing. Well, really, really that, good. Considering that predominantly uh, large animal vets will have been men, so that the way that the men have solved the problem is just by keeping on. No, I'm talking about in the old days. In the right? black you and know, white days. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. More, yes. That, that, that things would have just been a whole lot of, um, yeah, just, let's just keep on punching the bums, whereas it's mm. taken a team of women to get together and let's actually solve the problem. Let's actually do this better. It's fantastic. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, for us, it's very exciting idea. to be involved in both agriculture and technology. And this is where it, it was interesting. So I, I saw it first on a fa vet Facebook page, and some of the comments coming out by the you know the the uh, the the uh, the older vets perhaps was different to the younger vets. Um, you know, younger vets. Oh, it's a game changer. This is a disruptor. It's the Uber of the taxi industry. You know, the, the, comments, the, the Uber for preg testing. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, no, younger vets, no more poo in my armpit. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yep. Older vets, ah, good luck getting the beef cattle to do this. 
Fair enough. You got a Fair beef, beef yep. cattle. So for the listeners out there, perhaps used to us talking about cats and dogs, beef cattle are a bit notoriously more feisty. They don't see humans very often. Trying to get them to hold still and just blow into this little straw through your nostril. It's it's uh it's not it's not your standard pub uh you know instrument on the wall at the pub, is it? And you, you just no. lead lead the cow up to it. Um in, uh, encourage the farmers to get a proper crush. Now, that's a common problem that you have with the beefy farmers they don't have very good facilities they yep they don't and you go out to see the cow. it reminds me when i did go out with said jacob malmo fantastic trip uh middle of the night right uh phone call got a got a carving you know a beefy calf the back back blocks out of mafra uh you know gippsland you know, up up in the high country somewhere there got to drive 40 minutes out to to see this beef cow that that's down and, and carving and come on lewis come and see it. i'm like well jacob you know it's nine o'clock at night yeah come on get in the car pregnant not pregnant all right i'm in the car you know where it's jacob yeah right we're in the car and uh and we go out to the go out to the phone, yeah, getting you know? up there at about 160 kilometers per oh, hour oh no doubt about it and and he loved driving the uh the commodore out into the paddock there was no oh, absolutely no yeah, four-wheel no drives drive. no. no no commodore out in the paddock he loved it and uh and so we're out in the you know meet the farmer at the house and uh, let's go out to the paddock to see this this cow and he the goes oh you probably need to you know need to hop on the back of the tractor to come out with me or the four-wheel drive uh little uh, motor, uh motorbike no 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 we'll go we'll take the car i've got all my gear in here all right no worries so we go out in the car and, and without a doubt it's fairly slippery on the on the uh, out on the paddocks and we're aquaplaning sideways at some nice. stages yeah yep. yeah which is just, just normal for jake he's like oh yeah he's loving yeah, it yeah i'm like wow what point are we going to flip this thing anyway so we yeah, you know, screaming out to this this cow, and then we come at a distance, and then it's all dark, and we've got the lights on it, and it's it's huffing and it's puffing and it's down, and it's not happy to see us. No, no, no. And um, and so we, we get out there, and it's like we've got no facilities here. It's a pretty standard sort of you know beefy sort of thing. Nothing yep. going on. And James gone. All right, how are we going to look at? It? And he's gone. Off, he's, he says to me, Lewis, I've got one shot at this. He pulls out the rope. Yeah. What's going on here? The fool's out the rope, the full lasso on it, got everything on it. He's, he's 20 metres away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe not. Maybe let's go 10 metres. 10 metres. 10 metres. It's a big fish. Yep. 20 metres. 30. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, it was 100 metres away. Yeah, and for out out from the out from the aquaplaning at the window of the aquaplaning yes. commodore at the sunroof at the sunroof. yeah at the sunroof <laughs> well well he's got one foot yeah. on the handle he's got he's got yeah. a crutch he's, he managed to have a crutch on one foot so he can hit the accelerator yes he's got the other foot on the on the steering wheel he's out the front yeah yeah and I'm in I'm in, in there the holding, night. holding the handle in the, in the front seat just going oh my god I'm gonna die anyway and he's he's had one swoosh of the lasso. And he's thrown it and he's literally landed around the cow's neck. Just absolute incredible yep. bullseye uh, stockmanship. Got it. As soon as the cow's and it hits the cow's head, gone around its neck, the cow's up. Yep. Calf's heart hanging out and it's off. And so we're like, woo, hold it on. <laughs> quickly, the guy's got the, uh, the farm's got this. Quickly round the rope around the tractor, managed to hold the cow and, and, and get it sorted and actually get the cow down, give a little bit of a sedative, settle it down um, and get that calf out. But I was just, it was just incredible. Goes, and it was one of those times, you know, like I'm in this, I'm in the clinic. I've hit that bladder. I've hit that yeah. vein on that, that dog. You could see the smile on Jacob's face. He's, you know, he's a 60, 60 year old guy. He's been doing a long time, but he was like, I got that good, didn't I? And it's like in those days, 20 years ago, you'd have a video of it and you put it on YouTube and make millions. But yes, it was, yeah. it, was in, it was incredible. It would have been a TikTok probably. He would have yeah. been dancing, <laughs> dancing afterwards. So. Yeah, he would have done a little dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With his, with his, with his uh, 
Um, these overalls undone down. Oh, oh yeah, spot on. Stripped to the waist, he used to say to me. <laughs> anyway, that's another story. But yeah, so yeah, it just reminds me. And then uh, we, there was another sort of site that came up that had linked to the story. And I haven't got any names, which I, I would have mentioned the names. I'm sorry if I haven't, if you're on these Facebook pages. But the uh, the Breeders Facebook page, the, the Cattle Breeders oh, Facebook cattle breeders, page. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was like, they were like, oh, I hope it's cheap. Get me one. Sign me up. It's awesome. This is it. So it was. It was just a different sort of look at it. The the vets yeah. are a bit like mm, maybe maybe. How, yeah, the vets are, can't. How they're going to age the pregnancy if they haven't got the 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 vet in there to help out? You know. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, I was sort of yeah. I was thinking you know, it's, it sounds all right. Is it is it going to detect the sex? That that'd be helpful. I think if you knew is it yep. going to have a you know female or male calf potentially that might help. But then would there be a human application would it then become part of your instagram baby gender reveal that they blow into the into the little device through the nostril couple of snorts and just poof, stick it up the bar, stick yeah, it poof, up your nose and then yeah, away you go yeah. and poof there's the cannons of the pink confetti flying in the air and it's a girl and jumps out of the cake or whatever happens i can't i haven't seen them terrence haven't seen yeah, no, yeah. No, haven't paid would, much attention to it no would that be something on instagram do you think there's I, a big market it's it's hard to say, hard for me to say, Lewis, because I do think I'm, I'm sort of at arm's length from what the kids are doing on Instagram these days. I do feel like my, you know, my my particular time in the social media sun has has dwindled. Yeah, when I when I realised that most of my social media posts were me on a Friday night after I've had a few drinks, just you know, uh, writing about the the football or whatever movie I was watching. I, oh, People probably don't need to hear this. Nah, they don't, they don't that, need that, to hear this. A bit like the podcast, mate. We're probably, people don't need people to don't hear this, need, but we no. do it anyway. Yeah, we do it because we love it, don't we, people mate? People need to listen to something while they walk their dog, Lewis. And heaven knows that there aren't enough white white people out there, oh, you know, God. just talking and middle-aged, 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 middle-aged men babbling on about how good they are. Middle-aged white guys just talking about talking about stuff just to go <laughs> well because we like to talk and we do, and so that's why we press record. Exactly. Well, what's say talking about stuff? What's over again under the disclaimer? Why not? Let me see if I can find where <laughs> yes. that is. I'll put you on the spot right yeah, under there. All the, I should have been ready for the segue. All advice on this show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following advice for your pet. Do your best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any clarification or you have another great application for a up-the-nose diagnostic nanotechnology uh, device. Yeah, I know, definitely for sure. Um, and uh, we might take a short break. Big thank you to Pet Shaw, who've been on board with us for for twelve months now. Um, and w- we've decided to move on to bigger things, haven't we, Robbie? So, oh, of course. Yeah, so we're, we're having a conscious uncoupling from them, are we? <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. So thanks very much, guys, and uh, and let's hear the last word from our sponsor, Pet Shaw. Hey, Robbie, I'd love to give a shout out to our friends at PetSure for their awesome free webinar series. Yeah, man, I heard about those. Aren't they called Pause and Learn, as in (laughs) P-A-W-S? I see what you did there. Oh, mate, there's nothing like a good acronym. It got your attention. (laughs) It certainly did, mate. But seriously, the PetSure webinars cover some amazing topics, though. They sure do. There's one on COVID-19 and pets, very topical, and essential viewing for all 
concerned pet parents in this COVID-19 world. Indeed, mate, and for vets as well. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's also another one called setting up your new pet for success. And here's one that's really important, helping pets avoid separation anxiety. That'd be right in your wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, love that. Anything on behaviour, that's absolute gold. Oh, mate, it's all gold, gold, gold for pet sure, yeah. And you know they're presented by Pet Shores Chief Vet Dr. Danny Hulhan, friend of the podcast, and also they have a range of other pet experts for each topic, so you know you're getting the good stuff. Oh, mate, that sounds great. So to learn more about these webinars or to register, visit petsure.com.au slash webinars. Registration is free, but spots are limited, and since we've just registered, two less... So make sure you secure your spot today. Oh, T's and C's apply. Visit petshaw.com.au for more information. Alrighty, guys, welcome back. Uh, now, what what do you got for us this week, uh, Robbie? Actually, what we haven't had from you, yes, is a little bit of an update on how Rosie's doing. Yes, thank you. So, what a what a wonderful segue into uh, what the topic are we're we're going to try and cover this week. So, Rosie is. Um, so, for any uh, any new listeners to the podcast, welcome. Um, for yes. old old uh, uh, listen, not old, you know, um, um, uh, frequent listeners is probably a <laughs> better way of saying it, regardless of what age you are, Lewis. Um, yes. Uh, my my ten year old whippet Rosie has lymphoma, so she has a cancer of her white blood cells called lymphocytes, um, and so we determined that what the optimal chemotherapy protocol was going to be for her. So she's currently three and a half weeks into her 26 week protocol for her uh, B cell lymphoma. Um, and one of the things that we, and we've spoken in the podcast previously, when we spoke to Dr. Laura Broccoli about oncology and the way that chemotherapy works is basically chemotherapy drugs are drugs that uh, that kill off rapidly dividing cells, of which cancer cells are rapidly dividing cells. It's just that our body is made up of other rapidly dividing cells as well. Uh, and in humans, that's that can include hair, hair cells. So that's the reason why often humans lose their hair. Their pets don't lose their hair. But what pets often have issues with is their gastrointestinal tract because the cells in that, they change over every few days, but also the blood cells. And in particular, the white blood cells, because the white blood cells have a very, uh, a very short half-life um, or a very short life expectancy, lifespan. And so when you're treating animals with chemotherapy, you need to make sure that their white blood cells aren't getting down too low because if they do, then you're susceptible to infection. So gets us back to your question of how's Rosie going? Well, in herself, Rosie's feeling fantastic. She's playing with her toys, having a blast, really, really dirty on the fact that she uh, needs to uh, wait until the days where she gets chemotherapy to get tin food. Uh, Rosie's outlook on life currently, Lewis, is I've got cancer. Why don't I get tin food all the time? Um, yes. So, so which is which is fine. Um, our our big thing on is because we can't really take her for walks out uh, on the street and things like that because she's still got the cytotoxic poo. We usually wait for about five days and then we yep. head out there with the the normal poo bags, but also a pocket full of rubber gloves. So we get to look like Michael Jackson as we're double gloving and or, or the the most horrific germaphobes in the world of putting on two. <laughs> Two, two latex gloves and then picking up the poo with the bag and then taking it off. But knowing that Rosie's a, a three to four 
poo walk, poo per walk walker. Um, that's an awful lot of rubber gloves. So anyway, is, is um, there anything anything to do with you using the uh, the rectal gloves from our previous story to pick up the poo right up to your armpit, mate? Is that do you think that's a bit much? Is is that attracting a lot of attention when you got three or four of those up the arm? You know, just to ensure that you're not getting in your in your armpit there, as we talked well, earlier. Well, trying to use those as balloons for the kids' parties usually does raise eyebrows. Yes, uh, you know, especially common um, common yeah, trick, com- isn't it? Common trick for vets kids you know so a uh, big cheerio to any vets kids out there that have had to have rectal gloves yeah the big the big yeah the big floppy wobbly men out there yes. the front i mean quite good for drawing pictures of eyes and things on there but anyway digressing um so rosie after her third uh second treatment, her white blood cells plummeted down quite low. So we had to postpone her third treatment. So we uh, waited for a few days. So we did a blood test on her on day 10 and her white blood cells had come back up again. So we thought, you know, what's good for that? Another dose of chemotherapy. So, um, so she's currently, uh, we're due to do another blood test on her in three days to then check and make sure she's then ready for her fourth uh, IV chemotherapy treatment. So, um, so, as I say, in herself, she's doing fine. Lymph nodes are small. She's, you know, once she gets hungry enough, she eats her dry food and, you know, she's, she's keen. She seems, she seems super duper happy, which is really good. good. mate. That's good to hear. But it got me thinking about maybe I should talk to our listeners about the different things that we see on blood tests and most specifically what happens on the, the blood film or the CBC, the complete blood count aspect of the, of the blood test, because in the end, there's three main, and I won't go too much into the techno babble. So if I do start sort of banging your head with the microphone, so I know that I'm sort of boring everyone. Um, the basically, sorry, to, straight away, you've already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, sorry, mate. I was just falling asleep. Why wasn't yeah, banging you've, the you've microphone? Hit the, you've hit the, go- the gong on me already. Gee whiz. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you can kind of break down all the, all the blood cells, the things that they look for into three main groups, red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. Platelets we'll talk about because they're the easiest ones. They're teeny tiny little ones. And those are the ones that form a plug when you spring, spring a leak. So if you're bleeding at all, your platelets latch onto that, um, that exposed bit of blood vessel in order to help to try and stop all your blood from escaping. So they, while they are small, they are very, very important. Um, other ones are red blood cells. So red blood cells, those are your ones that carry oxygen. And there are lots of different things that we look for um, in different things with your red blood cells. Primarily, how many do you have? So that's often des- described as a percentage. So what percentage of your blood is made up of red blood cells? So they spin it down and they pack it right out. So then you can look and see how much of your blood's made up by red blood cells. But then also they look at other things like how big are the red blood cells, how much hemoglobin do the red blood cells in them? Because it's no good having really big red blood cells if they don't have any hemoglobin because then they don't do any good. You know, what's the red blood cells should do any, nothing other than transport red blood cells. Also, you know, are they big? Are they small? Do they, do they look misshapen? Because if they look misshapen, that can give you, a, give you some clues as to are the red blood cells being destroyed. But are there's they immature as well. Are they young ones, you know, exactly. or old ones or yeah. Because they, they can give you an indication of or A, that your bone marrow is working and B is to, um, you know, are you actively losing cells, but then actively replacing them? So they're the sort of clues that we look for to then go, right, well, your animal's got a problem. Where do we have to go looking for, for where the issue is? Um, white blood cells. And as we were talking about there with Rosie, that gets can can get a little bit more nuanced in because the white blood cell count, the white blood cells are much smaller in number than the red blood cells, but there's different groups of them. There's different types of white blood cells that have different functions. So 
overall you have a, a total white blood cell count. So how many white blood cells do you have? But then you can break that into in, down into your different groups. Um, and the way I try and describe it to owners is that you've got your neutrophils, which are your acute infection cells. So they're the ones that you've got an infection. Um, they're the ones that get really, really active straight away because they're your really good killer cells. So you need those and you need those in adequate numbers. Those are the ones that have got the really, really short lifespans. So those are the ones that are particularly sensitive to chemotherapy drugs. Um, and so if they're getting down too low and their animals or the people are getting sick, well, then that's when you need to treat with antibiotics because your white blood cells just aren't able to mount enough of a response. But even in those, you can look at the way that those neutrophils look and say, do they look old? Do they look young? Do they look, you know, are, they, are there lots of them or are there not enough of them? Again, to make us sort of think about severities of infection. Next one down on the list is then the lymphocytes. So lymphocytes are your white blood cells that make antibodies and that also sort of help to moderate the, the immune response. Um, they can go up in younger animals or if you're fighting off certain infections, but they can also go up in certain cancers as well, or they can go down with certain diseases. Um, Next one down, you've got your eosinophils. Eosinophils. So EO, EOS, EOS, imagine EOS means red. I don't know. I know. That. Yes. Wow. Maybe. Well, because yeah. they stain red. So they're, so they're cells that have got little red, little red bunches of stuff in them. So, so, so we often look for, for those in, um, in our normal blood smears and we can identify, oh, look, there's an eosinophil. Because all of these cells look different, Lewis, on the, on the actual smear. Yes. Um, and so the eosinophils, they're often there with, uh, with different types of inflammations and allergies and parasitic infections and, and other certain types of cancers. So again, you know, you're, you're looking for these subtle things to make you think, okay, right, we need to go and search for further. Um, and then the one right down the bottom are the basophils. Basophil because they, they come up with little blue bumps. Now, I can't, don't know if you remember um, Professor Kale from, um, from uni back in our uni days. In oh, Prof Kale, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah vaguely. Yeah. He always used to tell us that he had plenty of lead left in his pencil because he was like 87 years old and, and had like a four-year-old kid. Oh, yes, which I is do remember that. Yes, yes, thank you very yes. much. So, so I'm glad he was still telling that story two years <laughs> above from you. I'm, I imagine he's still probably telling it now in the nursing home. Yeah, um, oh, dear. Yes. Um, but he had a – so when we were doing our blood smear um, uh, prax in physiology, he would say, I've got a bottle of wine for anyone that can find a basophil because they are really, really uncommon. Right, so okay. Basophils will often come up when you've got allergies and inflammations and things as well, but they are much, much, much lower numbers. So those – those numbers, you know, like, so when we get our lab report, we just get this big number. And this is the, this is right up Deb's wheelhouse. Cause this is the stuff that she does all the time. Yes. Um, that basically you know, we're presented. So we send the blood off to the people in the lab coats and they put it through their analyzers, through their machines, but also they'll often then look at the smear so that then they can actually come up with a, a, a differentiated white blood cell count. So you've actually got someone looking down the microscope going click neutrophil, click eosinophil, click macrophage, you know, all of that. Oh, that was the other one. Sorry, macro, you know, um, monocytes. I forgot about monocytes. Oh, dear. Oh. Monocyte, monocytes are your chronic pus cells. So they're the so, ones that get excited when you've got chronic inflammation. Sorry to the, the monocyte listeners out there. A, aficionados. That you, yeah, aficionados that, that Robbie has made the errant 
era hang, hanging out waiting for him. So, yeah. so you know, without meaning to get too techno babbly on it, the which I think I have the, <laughs> the the big thing is is that when we run a blood sample and we get these these results back, there's a lot of different things that we look at with it as far as what do the cells look like? How it's not just do you have enough or do you not have enough. It's also what types are they? Are they are they mature ones? Are they immature ones? You know, um, uh, mm. different combinations of elevations and, and reductions in in cells can give us indications. Sometimes it just says you got to go search and you got to go search. Yeah, so. I think the the crux of it is, is when we do do a blood test, there is a lot of information we can get from it. It's not merely just a number that you get back and that's all you worry about. The um, the labs are very very give, do give us a lot of information. Like you said, just looking at all different things. And, and I must say, mate, it's very guts of you to take on this topic, knowing that uh, the Deb will be listening and critiquing every every word that you said. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure you've got it very well done, mate. Well, yeah, it's it's one of those things that you know you because we look at blood test results every day. And it wasn't until I was actually sitting down and look, well, I was actually showing it to Camille, not for a next project, um, but um, <laughs> but just uh, you know, sitting down and sort of showing her the different types of the blood cells and thinking, geez, there's actually a lot of information in this. Yeah. Did she you know? ask, did she ask at all what emotion the red blood cell was feeling at the time the test was taken or any, was there a, there was a there? do you think that's something that the pathologist could do is have like an emoji that could come up like different emojis for different, uh, you know, different things. Like, so if you've got a lot of you know, immature red blood cells and you come up with a little emoji with the tongue sticking out or, or a little know, baby, a little baby head, like, Oh, they're little babies there. Yes. Babies. yes. For the reticular sites yes. and the nucleated red blood cells. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. A bit like with the, uh, the, the breath test and the, and the, and the, the you know, the pink, the pink or the blue streamers that come out of the machine, well, by that, the way. That, that'd work well. Imagine, though, if they'd run out of blue streamers and they had to stick out just the pink ones and the baby still came out with a doodle. Jeez, and you'd gone to the trouble, you'd painted the wall and all that sort of stuff. It'd be, it'd be, and it's a time to talk to the Ron's lawyers, I think, when that's... It'd be very awkward happens. at that stage, yeah, wouldn't it? Would be, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Speaking of awkward, this has been a very awkward end to the... Uh, you know, to, to the <laughs> I'm, I'm done, I've got nothing. An end, it. an end. Oh. Well, if you want to know more about the the uh, chemotherapy and the cancer sort of stuff, we did interview, as Robbie said, uh, specialist oncologist uh, Dr. Laura Broccoli, episode 65. So go back into the archives and you can check out. It's one of our most most listened to episodes, I think, that, uh, that we've had of all time yeah. on the podcast. So it is. It's obviously a very, um, very pertinent topic and a lot of people are interested in it. And if you've got any questions at all about uh, chemotherapy, if you want to know more about the monocytes or if Robbie's missed out a cell that, uh, that, uh, that maybe, maybe he's missed the reticular sites or, or something like that, or the nuclear red blood cells or anything at all that, that you feel that missing from his chat on on um, on on blood tests, please don't send it to question is because right, Deb technical. can answer it. Yes, Deb, Deb can answer it. Get of Deb course. on. Everyone keeps wanting to hear from Deb, so Deb can come on and answer it. There we go. What a great idea! I'll, ju- I'll, I'll check out next week, and then yeah, maybe maybe Deb could grill me, and so she could she could uh, yeah have a have a go. Yeah, go no, no, you've got that wrong. Oh really? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Well, Deb. well, we should have got Deb on for this one. I didn't realize you were going to, but that's all good. All good. So the listeners out there that want Deb on, so please send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. Robbie loves those emails. Awesome. Or, 
Patreon, get on Patreon, um, give us some support. We have got some extra, a little bit of extra stuff on Patreon for those that that have put put um, put their support in for us. Uh, we are on Facebook uh, at least until Mark decides that we're not anymore. Yeah, um, then we can, we become relevant. Exactly. We are on Instagram. We're one of those those cute vets on Instagram that post those great photos of us working out. Where we're on the on Instagram doing that. Go absolutely always. Yes, always. exactly. It's, flexing. Great flexing shots. Yeah, exactly. Holding the the snakes and things like that to get some great Instagram work. So we're on there. We're oiling, on, oiling ourselves up and yep. then having our little little donut lights around yep. us just to help we, to shine ourselves up. We are on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Unfortunately, Robbie's been shut down with the latest uh, issues going on in America. Yes. So, yep. Um, Way too controversial. Yeah, that's right. You can't vote for Robbie on, on Twitter anymore. Um, so I think that's about a wrap. That's it. Peace out, everybody. Scratch you later. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at Vet Behaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle. <laughs>